On today's Hashi, I'm discussing this fall's emerging markets and updates on jobless claims, GDP, and mortgage applications. Today is Thursday, October 26, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the Hashi starts now. Glad to be back in my seat here on the hot sheet. Thank you, Lisa Chinati, my co-host, one of my co-hosts for the Knowledge Brokers podcast for taking my seat yesterday on the live show. Let me know in the chat if you enjoyed Lisa Chinati, if we'd like to see her back in the future here on the hot seat, but I'm glad to be back in my Connecticut studio. Let me know in the chat, in the live chat, if you are uh, which market you are tuning in from, if you're joining us live. Get the most out of our content by joining BAM, of course, uh, BAMX rather. You can use the link down below and code HOT to get 10% off in joining BAMX. Uh, the market has not cooled off, which is why buyers are looking for emerging markets, a market where they can save on their investments or their purchases. In an 8% mortgage world, a world that may even go higher in the future, it's really important for buyers to pick the right market today. If you're a real estate agent, and you hear one of these markets that I'm going to cover, you may want to really promote this as a fact, as a reason for people to move to your market, as an opportunity to attract more interest into your market in what we are uh, living through, the most unaffordable market of our time. The Wall Street Journal and Realtor.com Emerging Housing Market Index is out, just released, and I'm going to go through it with you, okay? What does this market or what does this index actually mean? We're going to go through the 20 emerging housing markets. It's from Wall Street Journal, Realtor.com again. Uh, and they identify markets offering a lower cost of living, number one, uh, including for homes and strong local economics. Okay, so lower cost of living for the actual home as well as for the economics. These markets are characterized by affordability. Uh, the, I'm sorry, th affordability, thriving local economics, and these low, lower costs of living. Okay, so uh, let's go over to the uh, data here, and I'll just start going through the list. And uh, let me know in the chat if you serve one of these markets. Number one on the list is Topeka, Kansas, a population of two over 225,000, an unemployment rate at 29 which is below the national average, so that's good news there, and a median listing home price of 250000 Gosh, in Indiana. Talking about Indiana a lot is having opportunity. The, the state seems like there's great opportunity. Now, the unemployment's higher than uh, the national average at 4.3. They have a 280000 median price point. These median price points you're seeing here near the top are lower than the national average. Oshkosh, Wisconsin, 317000 median price point. Fort Wayne, Indiana, 312,000. Lafayette, Indiana, 293,000. So there's your top five. Three of the top five are in Indiana. We've seen this trend before, okay? Uh, then to make out the top six, you have uh, Racine in Wisconsin, Manchester, New Hampshire, Concord, New Hampshire, Columbus, Ohio, and Johnson City, Tennessee. That makes up your top 10. Uh, moving throughout the list, you have Kingsport, Tennessee area, 
Jefferson City, Missouri, Springfield, Ohio, Santa Maria, California on the list, despite their 1.9 million median price point tag. Dayton, Ohio at number 15, Janesville, uh, Wisconsin, Canton, Ohio, Knoxville, Tennessee, and then to round out the list, 19 and 20, you have Hartford area in Connecticut, and then uh, Worcester, Mass area in uh, Mass, Connecticut line there. So uh, those are your those are your top 20 emerging markets right now. A lot of Ohio, a lot of Tennessee, a lot of Indiana on the list. So let me know if you're serving one of those markets. If you're serving one of those metros specifically, this is an opportunity to let people know that they can find an affordable economy. They can find an affordable, uh, an affordable uh, home in your area. So I, and the, the only one that's kind of sticking out there is that Santa Maria, Santa Barbara, California. I'm assuming the 1.9 there is more affordable than the surrounding areas or more attractive than the surrounding areas. That's the only one that really stuck out on a price point. The highest price points on the list after that was Manchester, New Hampshire, and Concord, New Hampshire at 535 and 550 respectively. Everything else was in the fours or mostly in the 300s uh, going through the list. Okay, price growth and inventory. Price growth in these emerging markets outpaces the national average uh, with a average increase listing price of 19% among the top 20 markets compared to 9.5% nationally. Inventory scarcity has kept upward pressure on the home prices in these markets. So despite there being a, a more affordability, these prices are moving up quickly as people are seeing the opportunities. The blue collar agent, love the name, brother, serving Knoxville. And I've been crazy busy and had to hire administrative help. I'm definitely leveraging my city and its benefits both on. Uh, so check, check out the blue collar agent if you're looking for local tips on how to Leverage YouTube and social platforms. Uh, says he's doing that in Knoxville uh, market. So congratulations to you, brother. Mid-sized markets. Many of the top emerging markets are mid-sized metros, okay? With populations smaller than the top 300 U.S. metro areas, these markets offer lower cost of living, shorter commute times, and stronger job markets. So these mid-sized markets, this might be an opportunity if you're outside of the top 20, but you're like, huh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty similar to some of these markets. I'm in a mid-sized market. For you to do, do a little bit of local data research and maybe compare yourself to the emerging markets. Hey, uh, XYZ town, XYZ metro didn't make the top 20 emerging list. Here's why we should have, right? And list out those reasons in a long-form study for your community that you can break out for bite-sized content. A little, little bit of marketing tips here, Bobby, today on the hot sheet for those agents who are looking to attract uh, interest into their area, especially if you believe you've got an option. If you believe you have an option, an affordable option right now in your market, as we sit here in October of 23, the most unaffordable month in history of real estate, then you really need to scream that from the mountaintops. Uh, a city spotlight for number one, Topeka, Kansas, top ranked. Uh, it offers affordability com compared to nearby cities. So be thinking, if that's you, we're offering affordability compared to those nearby cities. I'm assuming 
That's the same for that California uh, uh, area, Santa Barbara. The median listing price in Topeka was 250000 in September. It's a 42% discount compared to the national median. How about that? If you're in the 250, 100,000 median price point in your market, you are a 42% discount compared to the national median priced home. Also, another way of saying that is the payment is half the payment of what the national average mortgage payment would be. Taxes and insurance obviously would have to be similar in that example. But rule of thumb, about half of the mortgage payment to get the median priced home. Bobby, uh, Topeka, Kansas, BAM HQ, are we... You're looking for a home. Have you considered Topeka in your future, Bobby? Uh, new market, new markets that have entered uh, this top twenty that were not previously in there were uh, Racine, Wisconsin, Concord, Springfield, Ohio. That Santa Barbara area was new to the list. Dayton, Ohio, uh, Janesville, Wisconsin, Canton, Ohio, Hartford area, and Worcester were the uh, areas that were not on the list for emerging markets and now are. The median price in California is 758 according to the mother load with Brad. So uh, there, you may not highlight uh, the median price in California being you know double up of what the national median price point is. But let's let's take that number, 758,000, median price point in California. Now, if you're in a California community that is serving national average price points, 400, 500,000, you could do the same thing. Hey, 40% below the California median price point, the same thing that Topeka, Kansas can say versus the national median price point. And this is why knowing the macro data that we cover here on the hot sheet each and every single morning is important. So you can grab some of these charts if you're a member of BAMX. You can get all of the sources all in one place uh, as, as a member of BAMX. Link down below, code HOT to get 10% off. You can grab this macro content, do a study on your market, and show the benefits of your market versus some of these scary national numbers that are they're scary because they're just real. They're the truth. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, but you can show the benefits of why somebody should buy in your market. A place like Topeka, Kansas, never been there, but just knowing how much it costs to build homes, $250,000 in the next 10 years is probably going to look like $350,000 there. Uh, is somebody saying I'm pronouncing that completely wrong? No, no, no. Okay, because <laughs> Racine, I'm going with Racine. I, it could be totally wrong on that. It's between Chicago and Milwaukee, longer commute, but there's a better home value there. I love these areas. Uh, I just was introduced to a, a part of the country. I haven't been there, but a part of the country called Greenville, South Carolina. By the way, if you're a Greenville, South Carolina agent, reach out to me. Love to uh, connect with you. Might have something for you. But Greenville, South Carolina, between Charlotte and Atlanta, obviously a longer commute if you got to go there every day. Uh, but similar to what you're describing there about being between Milwaukee and Chicago, okay, you're probably not going to them every single day, but being but having access between uh, major cities, made major metros is an advantage. Okay, maybe you got to get there two or three times. Bobby's looking at me. I mean, he, he he's in uh, he's in Long Island. He's got to drive over to Connecticut once a week when he's not in San Diego, as we were earlier in the week. Okay, so. 
you know, being able to access an hour and a half out, uh, maybe even two hours out, you know, for once a week or uh, for business opportunities in these smaller metros, but having a lower cost of living, a better lifestyle for you and your family can be a huge advantage. Okay. Uh, let's move on to what's been an advantage for the economy, uh, maybe for people who are earning a living right now, but not an advantage for our fight against inflation. Okay. It is the weekly jobs claim update that we give you here on the hot sheet every single week. So we've got the release uh, from the Department of Labor. And in the week ending on October 21st, the advanced figure for seasonal adjusted initial claims was 210,000. Okay. So this is not unsimilar uh, from previous reports, 210,000 on the initial claims here for uh, unemployment weekly claims. Logan Motoshami from Housing Wire has told us over and over again, we've got to break 350,000, he believes, on this number for inflation really to drop on this last mile, okay? Uh, th these rent, uh, recognizing rent prices in the reality would also help that quite a bit. But if you got initial claims to break up over 350,000, that's where you'd see a much closer opportunity to get to 2% in his in his view, uh, which would also probably bring rates down pretty quickly. An increase of 10,000 from the previous week's revised level. The previous week's level was uh, a revised by 2,000 from 198 up to an even 200K. The four-week moving average is 2075. So jobs like our... There's, there hasn't been this huge movement on on jobs of unemployment going up dramatically uh, at all. The advanced seasonally adjusted insured employment rate was 1.2% for the week ending for, uh, October 14th, unchanged from the previous week revised rate. The advanced number for seasonally adjusted insured unemployment during the week ending October 14th was one just under 1.8 million, increase of 63,000 from the previous week. Okay, so here's the... Uh, Here's the chart there, the, the moving average and the weekly uh, as well. Really, it's just been bouncing between that two and 250. We got up in the summer, you know, close to 250 there uh, towards the middle of the summer. And we pulled right back down to that line of 200 seasonally adjusted insured unemployment. Uh, there you go. Not much change there. Uh, up a little bit, up a little bit year over year, but what we're not talking about. Uh, anything significant. We're not talking about sharp increases at all on unemployment. Unemployment, it sounds weird to say, hey, unemployment goes up good for inflation, but it, it makes the uh, Fed's job much easier. By the way, next week, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel here. Hit the bell, especially if you're interested on what uh, inflation is going to do uh, or what the FOMC, the Fed's reaction to all the data on inflation over the last 30 days and what they're going to do to the national rate. Uh, we'll be covering that next week. They meet on October 31st and November 1st. I think the 31st is uh, Tuesday and then the 1st is Wednesday. So next Thursday show, a week from today, we're going to break down every word that comes out of Jerome Powell's mouth on Wednesday afternoon. We will have key notes and key timestamps as we always do, for every single moment, Jay Powell mentions housing, real estate, mortgage. We're going to break that all down here next week, so make sure you're subbed up and uh, hit the bell so you get those 
notifications. The U.S. GDP, another indicator of how strong the economy is. Well, it grew at 4.9% annual pace in the third quarter. That was better than expected. So those enormous projections that we had, one of them was up over 6% from Dallas Fed at one time. Some of them were as low as 2.5%. Comes in in the middle of these projections. It also beats um, what the Dow Jones had been looking for, which was 4.7% acceleration. If you hear numbers like 4.9% growth, GDP in a quarter, in any given other given situation in history, as you're tracking the economy, like this is incredible for the economy. It doesn't help us against the fight for inflation right now. So one could argue that it might just not be that incredible given uh, you know, the situation that we're in. The sharp increase came due to contributions from consumer spending. This is where I get worried. It's like, okay, the economy's growing. And we're just spending and our savings are depleting uh, and, and our credit cards are increasing. Alex, located in northwest Indiana, one hour less from Chicago. It's the only part of Indiana in Chicago's time zone. Uh, congratulations on, on the uh, time zone there. Great family market, amazing school, safe, affordable, and awesome lifestyle. It, it seems like Indiana is the opportunity for investors because it just keeps coming up. Not only is it an emerging market like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Alex, but it just keeps coming up as having a price point well below the median average. And Pat McAfee is in—he's uh, in Indianapolis, so that's another uh, feather in Indy's cap. Uh, consumer spending is measured by personal consumption expenditures increased four percent for the quarter after rising just 0.8 percent in quarter two. Gross private domestic uh, investment surged 8.4 percent in government spending and investment. Of course, went up government spending. Of course, it did to 4.6%. Uh, that number seemingly never goes down. Spending at the consumer level split fairly uh, evenly between goods and services with two measures up 4.8% and 3.6% respectively. The GDP increase marked the biggest gain since the fourth quarter of 2021. So huge gain. All this market uncertainty um, going on, you know, been talking recession endless for months not not here on the hot just in general the general theme uh, is is when's this recession going to officially start how long will it be or are we going to have a soft landing with all of that going on gdp just absolutely ripped uh consumer spending is what's driving this market now consumer spending is is not a great thing you know we've seen the last time we saw a consumer spending report a couple of weeks ago, we saw the 10-year uh, actually react negatively to that news. Hey, the consumer's strong. They're spending a lot of money. What happened? The 10-year shot up on that news. Uh, the 10-year today is up. We'll get to exactly where in just a minute. Okay, so the 10-year's up. What, let me just take a quick look here what the market is doing. The Dow's not doing anything. S&P and NASDAQ are both down here to start the day based off of this news. Investors uh, shouldn't be surprised by this, obviously, with given the reports that we've had on consumer spending uh, recently. And uh, let me just take, yeah, it, here's a quote from Jeffrey Roach, chief economist at LPL Financial. Investors should not be surprised that the consumer is spending in the final months of the summer. The real question is if the trend can continue in coming quarters and so Jeffrey Roach, chief economist at LPL Financial, 
thinks not going to happen. Of course, we do have uh, the holiday season coming up here uh, just around the corner. What is not around the corner, it seems, is a mortgage application increase. The mortgage applications did decrease again in the latest Mortgage Banker Association weekly survey. So mortgage applications decreased 1% from one week earlier, according to data from MBA, Mortgage Banker Association, and their survey, which ended the week of October 20th, 2023. Uh, the MCI, Market Composite Index, is a measure of mortgage loan application volume, uh, which again did decrease the 1% on seasonally adjusted basis from one week earlier on an unadjusted basis. The index decreased 1% compared with the previous week. The refinance uh, index did increase 2% from the previous week and was 8% lower than the same week one year ago. So 2% from the week earlier in you know a higher rate uh, tells me, hey, some people do need to go out there and access extra capital even at this higher rate. The unadjusted purchase uh, index decreased 2% compared with the previous week and was 22% lower than the same week year ago. Here's the quote from Mortgage Banker Association Vice President uh, Joel Kahn and Deputy Chief Economist. 10-year Treasury yields climbed higher last week as global investors remain concerned about the prospect for higher for longer rates and burgeoning, uh, uh, burgeoning fiscal deficits. Okay, Mortgage rates uh, followed tre Treasuries higher with 30-year fixed mortgage rates jumping 20 basis points to 7.9, highest since 2000, of course. Uh, we know that. And let's take a look at where the 10-year is officially here today. Uh, it is actually ticking down a little bit. It was up to start the morning uh, based off of the GDP news and now has come back down just a tick. But we are up over 4.9 at 4.921 on the 10-year Treasury. The 30-year fixed rate yesterday uh, did indeed get back up closer to the that eight marker at 7.98. Uh, but we've been living in this seven nine plus world here throughout the week after experiencing our first eight plus handles last week. Uh, later today, we'll get the Freddie Mac 30 week, uh, 30 year fixed weekly survey. I expect that to be higher than the 7.63 on the weekly survey that we saw last week. Uh, I'll give you that number on tomorrow's free format Friday. Uh, show. Just keep in mind, if you missed yesterday, Lisa Chinati did the hot sheet. Goldman Sachs does have their projections right now of a lower interest rate in the future, uh, but not by much. Okay, 7.3% in quarter one of next year, 7.2%, 7.1%, 6.8%. So holding strong around seven all of 2024, according to Goldman Sachs, and then 2025, just 63 what do you not see in there? We're never going to experience in the near future a 2.5, a 2.75, a 3, a 3.25, a 3.5, a 3.75, a 4, a 4.25. Those aren't happening. Don't start to, don't be that agent that says, hey, um, marry your wife and the house and the you know, girlfriend and then date the rate and then free find, whatever the hell they say, these, these cheesy lines. Don't say that. Say, hey, Mortgage Banker Association, Goldman Sachs, with their forecasts, are all projecting a higher interest rate for longer. They've been wrong in the past. They could be wrong again. Uh, but based on the 10-year, I would actually be higher than these numbers. So 7% would look good next year if that were to be uh, the case. All right. Uh, there's your hot sheet for today. Love for you to subscribe here to the channel. Hit subscribe. 
and hit the bell. Uh, we're looking to get over 18K here on the channel uh, before the end of the weekend. So if you could help us out with that, we'd really appreciate it. We'll see you back here on the hot sheet tomorrow. I'll be in my Naples, Florida studio. Uh, we'll be live. It's a free format Friday. Love to take your questions. If you have questions for me, send them in, or you can always call in tomorrow on free format Friday. Until then, toodaloo.